Hello, you're listening to the Osana Houston podcast. Osana Houston is a church for all people transforming lives through love and generosity. Here, we revisit Sunday sermons from Pastor Edwin Guerra. I'd like to continue on with a little bit of, of more gospel. And if you have your Bibles, please open your Bible, the book of Romans chapter 1. This is a familiar verse for many of you. Romans chapter 1, we're going to start in verse 16 and 17. And it says, For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It continues, and it says, It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. Verse 17, this good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. I'll read that first part of verse 17 again. This good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the scripture says, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. But when we read a verse like this, I think a question that can be asked is, how do you know that your spirituality is right or that your relationship is right with God? Because the first part of verse 17 says, this good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. So how do we know that we are right in the sight of God? How do you know that your spirituality is right with God The answer is because it conforms. Your life, it conforms to what is written in the word of God. Your walk with God conforms to the written word of God about who and what you ought to be. It's not based on a hunch, on a feeling, on your opinion that you may have about your relationship with God, but it's the foundation that the word of God is everything to you, and that by faith Christ, him alone, has given you this eternal gift of life, this gift of justification through Jesus now permits us to obey him in the way that I live out my days because it is a gift that I did not deserve. And our issues are bigger, our issues are bigger, way bigger than just bad habits. Right? It's just, it's much more than just bad habits. It's a matter of the original sin that only God can deal with. We can't deal with it. Only God, through Christ, can deal with this. This sin is the sin that separates us like a wide ocean from end to end. And that without repentance and without just justification by God, then we are lost without that. So let me say it like this. When God's 
goodness appears, when God's kindness and love appears, it appears not because we deserve it or that because we earned it, right? It, it, it doesn't work that way. Not because our actions are righteous before him or not because we went halfway on a decision or and he met us the other half and we kind of met in the middle. It, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't mean that I did something and then he met me along the way and now we are both to this point of forgiveness and justification. No, not even close. We are only here because of his mercy. We are only able to say, I am free because of God, because he did it all. Think about it. If it was based on our actions, the fact that we hold on to our truth and hope and salvation, the eternal uh, salvation that is our eternal hope, if it was up to us, we would all lose it. We'd be lost. But it is because of him that we are here today, that we hang on because Christ is faithful. We are here only because Jesus didn't say, give them what they deserve. They brought it on themselves. It is because of that, because he is still and will always be faithful. And I said this last week, we cannot have Jesus as our Savior and not make him Lord over our lives. That means over how we live. We can't have it both ways. We can't have eternal salvation through Christ and do whatever we feel like it. No, it's I have this gift and now I surrender to him. This is how this works. We don't get to just do as we please. Listen to what Jesus said in the book of Mark. Mark chapter 1 verse 15. It says, the time promised by God has come at last, he announced. The kingdom of God is near. And this is what Jesus is saying. Repent of your sins and believe the good news. We read in verse 17 in Romans 1 that the good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. Now we're reading Jesus' words, repent of your sins and believe the good news, which is how God makes us right in his sight. And Jesus is saying, repent, repent. Let me say it like this, faith comes only after Repentance. Faith comes only after repentance. That is biblical. This is the order. Repent and believe. Repent and believe. There's lots of people in the world. And some of them may be watching this morning here or are here with us that may be struggling with their faith. But the truth is that you're not really struggling with your faith. You just haven't met the conditions of repentance. Without true repentance, the foundation of our faith will always be shaky. We will always be thinking, I wonder if I'm cool with God. I wonder if I'm okay with God. Like, I wonder if my lifestyle meets his standards. Let me give you a quick answer. No, it does not. 
Like it's easy. Your lifestyle, whatever it is, does not meet God's standards. This is why he did it all. This is why we put our faith in what he did. Without true repentance, the foundation of our faith will always be shaky. The majority of the problems that most people have are that they truly haven't never repented correctly. There hasn't been a transformation of the mind. There hasn't been a surrendering to the lordship of Jesus over your life. Therefore, I have one foot here and another foot here. Depends on the day of the week. When someone has truly not repented, that person is a double-minded person still. The book of James chapter 1 verse 8 says it like this. Their loyalty is divided between God or is double-minded. I'm in James chapter 1 verse 8. Between God and the world. And they are unstable in everything they do. Just take a moment. Right now, we got all the time in the world within the next 20 minutes. Take a moment and reflect of what a double-minded person looks like. Now think about your life. Take a few seconds. Think about your actions. Are they double-minded? Are there sometimes for God and sometimes for your own pleasure, your own desires, your own ideals? Are you still double-minded? Ask yourself that. Do you want to please God on Sunday, but you want to please yourself on Monday? It's important that we take time and look at our lives and consider our ways because it is a horrible way to live. It is a horrible way to live. A double-minded life, a double-minded person. There is a parable that Jesus told, which is one of the most vivid and true parables of true repentance in the Bible. And it's the parable of the prodigal son. And if you want to go there with me, let's read it together in Luke 15 and just kind of hang around there. And if you guys remember what happens, the son comes and tells the father, the younger son, hey, can I get my money? Can I get my inheritance? Which at that, just, just so that you have an idea of what that was like back then, it was so offensive to a father to be asked from a child to give them their inheritance while the father is still alive, which is, is so offensive. But as you know the story, the father says, sure, you can have your inheritance. And you know what happens, right? The son goes, hits all the clubs, all the parties, spots, whatever he was doing, spends all the money, And eventually gets to the point where he asked for a job feeding pigs. 
food. And it gets so bad that he's so hungry that he is like looking at the food that he's feeding the pigs and he is wanting to eat some of that food. And let's pick it up in Luke chapter 15, verse 17. And he says this, verse 17, and it says this. When he finally came to his senses, please highlight that. When he finally came to his senses. Remember I said, repentance comes before faith. He said to himself, at home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare. And here, I am dying of hunger. So at this point, he finally comes to his senses and he knows that he needs, he, he knows exactly what needs to happen. And this is what needs to happen to you and to me. We need to come to our senses and see what the Father has done for us and say, in my Father's house, there is love, there is mercy, there is grace, there is abundance. And here I am in this state, in this situation in my life because I chose to run away from my father. The Bible says that when he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home, the hired servants have food enough to spare. And here I am dying of hunger. A moment of truth. In his life, he looked around and said, what is happening? Verse 18, read with me. And he said to himself, I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. And I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. You have to see all that happens here, please. He arose and he had to say, I will go home to my father. That means there was a moment of clarity. It says there was a moment where he comes to his senses and he has to say, I have sinned against my father. That is a story for us today. We have to wake up and come to our senses. Look around you. The world is pulling you away from God. I'll say it this way, and maybe it makes it a little bit more personal. If you have people in your life that are pulling you away from God, run as fast as you can from those people. You will not change them. Don't lie to yourself. Don't, oh, I'm a Christian. I'm supposed to be with them. Stop it. We are lying to ourselves. Run as far away from those who pull you away from God. So what do I do? Thank you for asking. 
live a life that is an example to those people. Honor God with your life. Pray for those people that they may be awakened and somehow that in their death, in their transgressions, they may be alive so that they can come to faith in Christ as well. But your example is the best thing that you can do for them and pray for them. And the moment if God gives you the opportunity to speak to them, you can speak truth, not only with words, but with your life. That will make a difference in somebody's life. He arose and said, I will go home to my father. I will repent of my sins. I will repent of the sins that I've committed against my father. He made a decision and turned around. That is true repentance. That is true repentance. When you see yourself and you understand the situation and you acknowledge it and you said, I have sinned against God and you turn from it. And he went back to his father that he offended. And you and I go to the father that we've offended. The God that we say we love through our songs, through saying that we are Christian. And we can say, I've made a mess of my life, God, I repent. The most, or one of the most wonderful parts of this parable is that the son comes and says that he is going to tell the father, make me like one of your servants. And you know that he never got to say that to the father. He never got to say, make me like one of your servants to him. But what happens is that he was always a son and this is the beauty of the father in heaven. His father was looking out for him. Was always watching for him. Look at what verse 20 says. So he returned home to his father. And while he was still a long way, his father saw him coming, filled with love and compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him and kissed him. That's how God is. This is how God is. When we turn to him, he's watching us and he's ready to embrace us. Verse 21, let's keep reading. His son said to the father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the servants, quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet. Verse 23. And kill the calf we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast. Verse 24. For this son of mine was dead. Was dead. He didn't say he was lost. He was dead. And now has returned to life. Now he says he was lost, but now he is what? Found. So the party began. That is the result of true repentance. 
That's what true repentance looks like. When there is a coming to your senses moment where you look around and you see the condition that you're in. And you say, I have sinned against my father. I have sinned against God. Now, that's a picture of true repentance. But there's also a false repentance. And Judas, the one that betrayed Jesus, had that type of false repentance. It's called remorse. You just, you feel sorry for what you did. But that's it. Look at the book of Matthew, chapter 27, verse 3 to 5. And this is what happens. When Judas, who had betrayed him, realized that Jesus had been com condemned to die, he was filled with what? With remorse. So he took the 30 pieces of silver back to the leading priest and the elders Verse 4, it says, I have sinned, he declared, for I have betrayed an innocent man. What do we care, they said. That's your problem. Verse 5, then Judas threw the silver coins down in the temple and went out and hanged himself. Jesus only had, I mean, Judas only had remorse. But he never changed. Who did he go to? To the people that caused him to sin. To the people that went and helped him be a part of that sin. He said, I, I, I feel sorry for what I did. He didn't go to the source of our faith. He didn't run to Jesus. One of the most significant moments in a person's lives is when God begins to deal with you about repentance. Please hear this out. And if you shrug your shoulders and say, I am not interested right now, maybe later. Let me say it like this. There is no guarantee that you will get another chance. Because your tomorrow is not guaranteed. My tomorrow is not guaranteed. Yesterday is gone. Today is here. Tomorrow we don't know. So when God gives us an opportunity to repent, we ought to listen. We ought to act on that opportunity. The most critical moment in our lives is when God gives us the opportunity to repent. When he's saying, I am willing. When he's saying, I am willing to take you back. God is freely offering us grace, mercy, love, forgiveness. Let's not despise what he is offering us. And if you are alive today, there is an opportunity to repent of your ways. If you are alive today, if you're watching this, if you're here, you have an opportunity to repent from your sins, to have a come to my senses moment and say, I have lived a life that is double-minded, that on Sundays I want to please God, but on Mondays I want to do my thing. 
And I'll wait till Sunday again to do the God thing. God is saying, repent from that double-minded life. We are called to surrender and to have him Lord over everything in your life. Now, only God can touch your hearts and give you a desire to continue, continually seek him with all your heart. A desire that can align itself to his plans and his will through the word of God that is way above our own desires. Look at what Jeremiah 24 verse 7 says. I will give them hearts that recognize me as Lord. I mean, that is the hope that we have, guys. That God is the one that reaches out to us. And he's saying, I will give them hearts that recognize me as Lord. They will be my people and I will be their God for they will return to me wholeheartedly. Listen, if you hear the knock of the word of God and the spirit of God in your heart, run to him, run to him. And I don't mean in this service alone. I mean in your life. Examine your life. And live a lifestyle that is continuously running towards him. That is seeing him as the supreme being of your life. And you're running consistently to him. That when you fall, you have a savior that is appealing, that is, that is pleading your case. And you are grateful and you understand that truth. And so you keep running towards him. But not falling back into the old ways. The message of the gospel is hope. There is hope for the lost. There is hope for those who are dead in their transgressions. And it is Jesus. I'll finish with this. Two last verses. Second Timothy. Chapter one, verse eight says it like this. So never. Can you say never with me? Never be ashamed. To tell others. About our Lord. And don't be ashamed of me. This is Paul speaking. Either, even though I am in prison for him. So this was the reward for Paul for preaching the gospel. With the strength God gives you, be ready. And can you highlight that if you have a paper Bible in your mind and your whatever in your notes, whatever? Be ready to suffer with me for the sake of the good news. Who is ready to suffer? Yeah, that's not fun, right? Who's ready to suffer for Jesus? You don't hear that too much, right? But what do you do? What do you hear? If you follow Jesus, he will fix all your problems. He will heal you. He will bless you. You will be prosperous. You hear that? And you hear amens to that? And you hear, whoo, that's the God I want. 
the one that gives me stuff. Tell me how, how is that different than the devil? There is no difference. That gospel is from the devil. A gospel that tells you that you need to be rich, that you need to be prosperous, that you need to be healthy. That is from the devil. It says here. It says right here, be ready to suffer for the gospel. How many are truly ready to suffer for this gospel to be shared? It says, do not be ashamed to tell others about the Lord, not to tell others about the benefits that God can give you. No, about that you need to repent of your sins, of your wicked ways, so that God can come and be Lord over your life. That's the gospel. Nothing else. Look at what Acts chapter 5, verse 40 to 42 says. The others accepted his advice. They called in the apostles and had them flogged. This is what they're getting for preaching the gospel. They're not getting money. They're not becoming rich from the gospel. They're getting flogged for the gospel. And they order them never again speak in the name of Jesus. And they let them go. So they're saying, here's your whooping. Leave. Don't speak about this Jesus. And then it says, verse 41, the apostles left the high council rejoicing. That God had counted them worthy, worthy to suffer this grace for the name of Jesus. What happened to this gospel? This is what the Bible says. It doesn't say that if you follow him, he will fill your bank account with money. It doesn't say that if you give money, you will get your healing doesn't say any of that. It says that if you follow Jesus, you will suffer for him. And we are called to rejoice in him. We can't just want the benefits of eternal life and you want prosperity and blessings here on earth when it's calling us to suffer for the cause of Jesus. Verse 42, and every day, every day in the temple and from house to house, they continue to teach and preach this message. Jesus is the Messiah. They didn't stop them. They didn't stop them. They continued teaching and preaching that Jesus is the answer. That Jesus is the way. I'm asking you that are here and are watching. I'm asking you to examine your faith. Why are you following Jesus? What do you expect to get out of this? If you expect anything else than to know your father and to know God, something's wrong. Because we deserve nothing. He's just so good. He's just so merciful. He's just so loving. That he has us the way he has us, right? But we, we deserve nothing. 
and yet he overwhelms us with abundance. Don't waste the opportunity that God is giving you to, listen, how can I say this nicely? Don't waste the opportunity that he has given you to spread the true gospel of Jesus, which is come to repentance. Do away with the old things. Surrender your life, all the good and all the bad. And live a life. Live a life that is worthy of the calling that he has placed in your life. Again, I can say this every Sunday that I preach. I'm not standing here saying you have to be perfect or live a perfect life because I, I started saying in the beginning that that is impossible, that this is why we are depending on Christ, that if it was up to us, we lose it. We would be lost because it's impossible. But through him, our faith in Christ and what he did on that cross allows us to daily surrender and daily live out our days shining the truth of the gospel to people that need to hear the true gospel of Jesus Christ. And you, you are who God has entrusted this truth with. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to the Osana Houston podcast. If you have any questions or prayer requests, feel free to email us at info at OsanaHouston.org. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Osana Houston. If you would like to donate, visit our website, OsanaHouston.org.